Hello and welcome to this week's edition of BPM Pod, the podcast where we get behind people's music. I'm your host, Ashley Scrace Vendel. Thank you very much for joining this week. Really, really glad to have you here and glad you could find the time to listen to me talk to you. So what has been going on in the past few weeks since I last spoke to you? Well, uh, not, not that much, I guess. A lot of stuff going on in the world, and uh, the days kind of blend into one a little bit. Um, but yeah, you know, not, not too much going on. I guess I miss live music a little. Um, I miss the gigs, miss the gigs to go to the stadium sort of shows, you know, being against sweaty people that you would otherwise not normally be against or in sort of tiny bars. I miss the gigs. I miss that feeling. And I know that we're now trying social distanced gigs and they've kind of got some atmosphere to them, I guess. And uh, we're trying out different things to really cope uh, in the world at the moment. And that's great. And I think that that's great. And I really hope that we can get back to some kind of normal with gigs soon. But there's actually one thing that I haven't missed all that much, and that is the open mic. I have not missed the open mic scene, really, at all, actually. Um, which is odd, because the things I crave, which were to be around people and uh, stuff, really is what happens at the open mic. And I can see a lot of value in an open mic, because it is the the um, place to see new talent, to see people who are performing at their sort of most naked, if you want to put it that way. And I really enjoy that about an open mic, and I'm really glad that they exist because of that. But at the same time, part of me isn't really missing them as much as I thought I would. I thought I would really be craving to hear some new music and to hear some sort of singer-songwriters who are out there, but um, not, not so much. I think it's partly... a lot of them are just quite poorly run, and um, even when they are well run, it's the same people, so... I mean, myself included, and I love seeing the familiar faces, but um, I guess in terms of value out of them for the musicians, I've not really been seeing that much, and without them, I've not actually been seeing much loss to a sort of musician's um, output or musician's publicity. I could be wrong, totally could be wrong. It could be that my life has just reprioritized itself in some ways, and that just isn't featuring on my radar right now. Could be that, but with that said, let me know what you think. Do you miss the open mic scene? Do you miss getting out there and playing? Do you think maybe I'm just being a bit dismissive this week? Uh, maybe this whole coronavirus thing is getting to me a little bit too much and that uh, actually I probably miss it more than they think. Maybe I do, I don't know. But right now, yeah, I kind of feel fine without them. Nice to take a break, I guess. Before we start this week's episode with our guest, Hans Analson, who is a longtime collaborator, friend of mine, producer of mine, and just a fantastic singer, songwriter, and artist in his own right with a massive back catalogue. So we'll talk to him in a second. Before we get into that, I want to catch up on some new music that's been released, notably from people who have been on this podcast before. First up, I want to talk about the band Vizard, or Wizard, I guess, if you were saying it that way. They've released a song called The Caravan. Now, Vizard were on the podcast quite a while back, long time back. 
They do some kind of ambient soft house, but it also sometimes goes into R&B and hip hop sometimes. Very cool guy, Basti, I talked to, who is a great pianist, great songwriter, and just an all-round positive force and energy to have around you. Uh, their song, The Caravan, is out now on Spotify, and uh, definitely go and check that out. Nice to see some people that we've had on the podcast releasing music. And Basti got in touch with me just to let me know what's going on in his life. And he's doing well, doing pretty well out there. And uh, yeah, making some new music. And then there were two others who I sort of came across while going back and seeing, you know, who's been releasing music. And we talk about Molly's Peck a lot. We talk about Vinehart a lot. All of these sort of regulars who are going out and doing something. And then I came across the famous Goldwatch Studios and Record Label, Berlin-based studio and record label. And they've released quite a lot of stuff on YouTube at the moment. Uh, especially during this whole coronavirus thing, there's a lot of sort of socially distant performances and stuff. And there were two artists there that really sprung to my mind. One is Grizzly Bird. Now, Grizzly Bird is the sort of moniker for a guy called Hans. And uh, he was on the podcast a long time ago, long, long time ago. He'd released his album with Grizzly Bird at that point. I think it's called Empathy. And uh, yeah, it was just a really nice chat with a guy who's just so peaceful and calm and just got all of these insecurities about the world, but puts them in into his music in this very revealing, vulnerable, soft, ambient, dark folk kind of way. And I really just enjoyed my talk with him. And he's got a song out called Balconies. So here's a clip of that. Nature's inhaling deeply And animals you rarely see Have begun to come out of hiding The airplanes vanished from the sky The tourists left Neuschwanstein Just a few keep falling off the snowy mountains Empty shelves and empty streets Italians singing on balconies Signs of what is going on and what's to come Unexpected laws and fines And unexpected leisure time Virtual family reunions. As I say, really, really solid stuff. Uh, I really, really enjoy the work of Grizzly Bird and uh, really good to see that out. Another thing that also made me happy through the famous Gold Watch Studios was Lisa Akua. She has finally released her song Bubbles and that was a song she... No, I don't know if she premiered it, but she at least played it on the podcast a long, long time ago. And it's a song that was inspired by sort of meeting this woman who was sort of stuck in her own bubble. And she played it on the podcast. It's out there on the BPM pod Stripped Sessions. It's released along with about 16 other songs that people performed on the podcast. I'll put a link to that and you can find it on Spotify and Bandcamp and things. Um, she's now released that song, like a studio version. Slightly slower, slightly more haunting, and I gotta say, when she first played it, I did hear some of the things that have now been released in in my head. When she played it, I thought it should have a more ethereal, kind of ambient, roomy vibe to it, with some chorus here and there, and uh, some vocals to sort of back up some of the oohs and the ahs as she comes out of the chorus. And she's done that, and it's a really good effort. Really nice, and uh, reminds me most of something like... Um, Something from like um, Mazzy Starish almost, like Hope Sandoval kind of. It's got a 
really kind of odd vibe to it, but I like it. It's very simple, but a good song, really good song. And you can check out the video to that as well on uh, the famous Goldwatch Studios YouTube channel. But here's a clip of Bubbles. And that's all the sort of new music I've come across this past week. Thank you very much for your support and for listening. And definitely check out those artists because they deserve your time. Before we jump into the main meat of the episode, though, here's a word from some of our sponsors. It's been a hard time for everybody. But ease yourself back into the new normal with new music from every singer-songwriter, titled Lockdown. Then once you're done with Lockdown, follow it up with the second release of every singer-songwriter on the planet called Social Isolation. Out now. There we go. Legitimate music released from every singer-songwriter called Lockdown or Self-Isolation or something. <laughs> of course not. Just getting a little sick of the uh, blunt references to coronavirus, I guess. There's got to be more stuff to write about. I'm sure there is, and I hope we don't get too lazy. Anyway, speaking to someone who isn't lazy, he's been doing music for decades, and he's still making music for me nowadays, mixing it, recording it, remixing it, helping me out, suggesting things, giving me stuff to write is a guy called Hans Anelson, and I love Hans. I think he's a wonderful, wonderful guy, and I met him just at some chance encounter that you'll hear about in a minute, and we've worked together a lot. On my own stuff, he actually recorded my sort of first studio, recorded full band stuff, which is out there. It's called Hands On, the uh, album I released, and we've hung out a lot, we've talked a lot, and it's, it's just always a joy to be with him. He's such a musically knowledgeable guy, with such a sort of huge back catalogue and such a massive array of influences, um, it's just always wonderful to talk to Hans in his little studio in Malmo in Sweden, and which hasn't been updated probably ever, but that is kind of the charm of it. There's books everywhere, there's old sort of computer programs, there's sheets of music, there's this cool little mixing desk that is very old but still does the job, and. I just love being there. It's got this kind of rewound old time vibe about it that I really, really love. And it's really actually conducive to being creative. Uh, really enjoy it there. 
Hans and I work together on a lot of stuff called The Vegetarians, which is his sort of studio project with a bunch of different musicians who um, create a load of sort of pop rock, prog rock songs. And I do the vocals on quite a few of them and uh, have written a few of them, or at least written the lyrics for a few of them. I don't think I play any instruments on a lot of them, though. Definitely go and check that out, The Vegetarians. And uh, you'll hear me sort of pop up every now and then, but the main driver is Hans. But to speak more about that himself, let's go over to the interview now where we talk about the vegetarians, how we met, how we collaborated, and Hans's love for Frank Zappa. And it's a love, like a definite, almost obsession. And uh, it's just a really fun time. So here's what happened when I flew back to Malmo in Sweden to speak with my friend, the wonderful Hans Anelson. There we go. Yeah. But I don't really know where to begin when no. we talk because we met each other now a long time ago, right? Yeah, a couple of years ago. A um, couple of years ago. I haven't lived here for a couple of years, so it was before <laughs> then. Well, uh, uh, it's not 10 years. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, four, I think. Four, yeah. Four that's a couple. Yeah. yeah. A couple. It's two couples. <laughs> yeah. At your age, it's a couple. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I remember that. Uh, I think I saw your name on, on uh, Facebook. Yeah, you came to a gig of mine. Yeah, I did. You know, down for at the university. Yeah. And you played piano. Yeah. And uh, then I just, I don't know, I just said that I had heard some of your music and I was looking for someone who could sing and could write lyrics. And you said, yes, I'm writing lyrics, more lyrics than I have, have the songs n- for. So yeah. I have songs for. Yeah. So uh, I thought that was a sounded like a perfect match. Yeah. And uh, I don't know how many, but at least 20 songs. I see, I can't remember how many now no, we've done but, together, actually. No, but, like, and, and, and I think every one of them has actually been recorded, not released yet. Uh, but uh, they will. Uh, and uh, there is one song, one of the later ones called "Know Your Ro- Role." Yeah, yeah, that yeah. one I haven't put on real vocals. There's only have my guide vocal, but uh, usually it's um, this American guy that I'm working with called John Tobacco who's doing the singing, and he has recorded most of them. But we also released one of your songs. With, Under the vegetarians. Yes, yeah, with the Napoleon Brock Murphy vocals. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. also use one. Oh, the, I think there's a couple uh, I've sung. Uh, yeah. yeah uh, one was to- totally yours. Um, I just don't care. You yeah, that, that one. one. That and one. I gave that one to you. Yeah. Because exactly. I used to play it and was like, I fucking hate you, this yeah, song. Yeah, you didn't like it. Yeah. No. I wrote it. I played it once or twice and people liked it, but I hated it. So I said to you, you can have it. Like if you yeah. want it, you have it. I had an idea of doing like like a really synth-based arrangement yeah. of, of it. So so it's uh, like a dance song almost. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. I, I thought it could be slightly commercial at least. You know, yeah. I, I I I heard something there, and I thought, yeah. Well, that's a good song. I like it. I just ripped off Money by Pink Floyd. Oh, really? And then just put different words yeah. to it. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand your lying. 
so uh, but uh, yeah that's basically our story but um, and uh, but what, what what have you been doing something in Berlin yeah but we, we talk about that every week on this podcast thing so we don't need to talk okay, about that okay, right okay, now okay, okay. it's more interesting in your story Hans because yeah. you actually have quite a long sort of musical story I guess. well you know if we should start at the beginning uh, my family wasn't really musical in, in any way in any way that I remember but uh, apparently my dad and I'm sorry my mother uh, used to play, play piano when she grew up and my grandmother on my mother's side she had a piano hmm. in her house and when we went there uh, which happened you know in the summer and sometimes during Christmas they didn't have a television set mm. so they had a piano instead so I I sort of discovered piano there just banging you know just yeah. Yeah, having a, yeah. pressing a key and getting a sound yeah I, I didn't know anything about what I you know music or I couldn't pick out melodies or anything like that I was just banging on it and uh, the other thing was and I was probably like you know five six seven years of age the other main thing is that I discovered there was um, a pop band in Sweden called Hip Stars mm. which were on the on the telly mm. they, they used to have a, a program called drop in okay which was quite famous i think one of the first tv appearances by the beatles mm. outside of britain and mm. in 63 i think oh, was wow. in this swedish program called drop in okay so and and i saw this group hip stars there and i saw wow you know this sounds great i want i want to become a rock star long hair you know and yeah. it sounded they had a song, I don't want no bald-headed woman. It makes me mean, oh, Lord, it makes me mean. And I want no bald-headed woman. And then, it makes me mean. And then... They go crazy. Yeah, yeah. they went crazy, you know. It was a cover. But 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 so that's, that's the thing. And when I started the second grade, not in the first grade, because I... I was living in a town called Harmstad when I went to the first grade. But in the second grade, we moved to Hesleholm, which is a town not far from Malmö, about an hour ride. Yeah, because so yeah, we were in Malmö, just a quick geography check. Yeah. We were in Malmö right now, so that's the very south of Sweden, and Hesleholm is still south Absolutely. It's, it's just an hour or so north of here. But yeah. in Skåne, the county, it's yeah a bit far away. Yeah. But. So... Uh, in the second grade, I started playing mandolin mm. because you could choose, the way I remember, you could choose between mandolin and recorder. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's what, the only two options you had at that point. And uh, since I wanted to play guitar, uh, you know, the mandolin was... The most logical. Exactly. So so uh, I, I played... Uh, mandolin for two years and then in the fourth grade you could choose your instrument so i chose uh, drums mm. so i played drums in grade four and five and i had a drum set in uh, the apartment we were living you know with the kick drum 
with a snare and a hi hat. I'm sure your parents yeah, loved but, you. Uh, they, uh, but I, I never, I don't remember that the, the neighbors actually were complaining or anything. Okay. So, so because I, I think my parents thought it was a bit risky, but, but I don't remember anyone coming in and saying, huh. Yeah. Stop! Stop it! Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, no, no practicing or yeah, whatever. Yeah. And I remember I had one of these, uh, you know, really old. Uh, it wasn't old at that time, but you know, uh, gramophone players yeah, yeah. with with the speakers in the at the top. Yeah, the mono, yeah. mono, yeah. one speaker. I put that close to the hi hat, and I put on uh, "Let's Spend the Night Together" with Rolling Stones. Oh, yeah. And I played along to that, you know. And then I remember a discussion with my parents and my mother about getting some more drums because I wanted to have like a cymbal and some tom-toms. And then they said, you know, are you really going to play drums? Because you can't really play melodies on it. No, you're no, that's a, that's a thought. So, okay, uh, then I'm gonna have an electric guitar. Mm. So, so we 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 switched the, the, the drums for the electric guitar when I was in grade six, and I didn't get an amplifier, but I had a big a radio with someone fixed some kind of cable. So I oh, wow, so you put, can plug it into plug the radio. Plug it into the radio. It must have sounded like absolute yeah, shit. You know, yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't remember anything, but it, some kind of sound. Yeah, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't know anything about sounds, you know. It was just... An, and uh, and then, uh, then I had to take lessons, and I brought the electric guitar, which was like, you know, half, acoustic, half yeah. acoustic guitar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and the, the, the guitar teacher said, no, it doesn't really work here because he was like a classical. Uh, uh, so, yeah. so I had to, to get an acoustic uh, uh, nylon string mm. guitar as well. So, but anyway... That's I took lessons on guitar and all the way up to to the ninth grade, mm-hmm. and then I had because then music was everything. Okay, I did some sports as well, but you know I was really I bought a lot of records mm-hmm. at the time, and uh, and uh, you know in school everybody asked me, oh, have you heard this new band or what do you think of this? And and I got some kind of recognition like because music, I yeah, music expert exactly exactly yeah. exactly. So so. Uh, <clears throat> Uh, and and uh, so much was happening there, you know, in the in the late sixties and early seventies. And, and if I should pick up, pick out one record that was really really important to me, uh, not so much at the time because I didn't know, but I have, if I think back, uh, the most important record for me was uh, Beatles, the White Orbel. Because, you know, <clears throat> I had a couple of Beatles singles and some LPs as well, but that one, that, that was released in 68. Mm. And at that t- point in time, I was 11 years old. And if you think about, you know, the variations of songs, mm. diff- style-wise and genre-wise, uh, on the white album, you have everything from Obladi Oblada, mm. 
Mm. to this, uh, you know, revolution number nine, you know, this were mm. fiddling with the radios, mm. tape things to Helter Skelter, to really wacky things like Wild Honey Pie or yeah. Why Don't We Do It In Road or, you know, really strange things, you know. So I was exposed to that, you know, mm. and I'm so happy that that album is the way it is because there has been discussions. For example, George Martin, he wanted to cut it down to one single LP. Mm. You know? And I said, no, 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 no. That's, it should be the way. Yeah, but you should take the weird stuff out and do really commercial. Album. No, but you know, people tend to, but I, I think it should stay exactly the way it is. Mm. And uh, because, you know, I, di I didn't think about styles. You know, this was Beatles. Whatever they did was was okay, you know. Yeah. And and before that, I had uh, this single, uh, Penny Lane and Strawberry Fields. Mm. Penny Lane was like a pop tune. Strawberry Fields was something really <laughs> weird. Yeah. yeah. And 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 it the, still the, sounds weird today. Yeah, actually, yeah, actually. yeah, it does. You know, but at that time, you, I didn't have any reference. You no, know, it no. was just another song. And I remember that I, 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 the it wasn't so much the music; it was more the pictures. You know, they had uh, glasses and, 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 and hats, yeah, 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 and uh, beards and yeah. things like that. And you thought, what is this? Yeah. You know. They'd gone totally mad. <laughs> they looked like my grandfather, you know. <laughs> what the fuck is this? <laughs> Musical knowledge is huge. Like we've had l so many discussions in here about yeah, but even people that I listen to that I'm like, ah, Hans isn't going to know who that is, <laughs> and and he still does. Well, you know, yeah, especially if it's people from sixties and seventies and maybe a little bit eighties. Yeah, well. yeah, yeah, eighties as well. But you know, but that could also have to do with. With, since I'm working as a music music teacher, uh, people play me things, you know, and 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 uh, the kids in school they play me um, some, uh, you know. I I just learned the other week before we went on the the, the holiday uh, that there is a new thing. Oh, I don't know how new it is, but the thing in hip hop at the moment is something called drill hop or drill music. Don't yeah. ask me. And they played some, I don't remember the name, and I thought drill, maybe they were like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> using yeah. drills. No, it's not about that. Do they mean like military drill? No, no, they? it's, I understood that they said, that said that it was about um, gang related things, you know, or, or, and, and uh, you know, and drugs and uh, criminal things like that, you know, so they, they were, 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 it was more of a, of a lyric kind of thing, and okay. they call it drill, drill hop, drill hop. Yeah, or drill music. I, I think it was drill hop. Oh, wow. Yeah, and I'd never heard about it because it, musically it sounded just like any kind of yeah. uh, <clears throat> hip hop 
uh, song, you know, and and but apparently it was what they were talking about. But it's good to keep fresh like that, right? Absolutely, absolutely. You know, it's it's. But I don't have like an ambition, any ambition to sort of. Uh, know everything. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not a critic. I'm not a music journalist or anything no, like that. No. So, so, so it's not. Um, that's not, not my thing. But uh, I tend to know. I like a little bit of jazz. I know. I like some classical music, at least from Stravinsky and on. Whether romantic music, I don't care that much about Mo- Mozart and Bach. No, same. Beta, Beethoven, but from from Ravel and onwards, there are. Some people I like, and the only thing that I sort of have a hard time appreciating as a style is probably country, which I, is where we differ because I yeah. love country music. <laughs> yeah, and, and but but I, I don't like prog so much, which no. you love. So <laughs> yeah, that's that was what I, what I was listening to in the, in the when, when prog or we call we call it symphony rock. Yeah, in, yeah. in the early seventies. Which was a big, huge influence on on me, and I still like some of these early, not the neo prog. You know, they. But but anyway, um, going back to, to country, I I saw uh, just the other week. I saw some kind of country show on the telly. I don't know. It wasn't Grammy, or it were just different country artists. You know, modern. Yeah. And and. Uh, I kind of liked that because they they reminded me of you know classic rock things. Yeah. You know they they have that guitar sound and the chords and things like that. It's more like the way rock sounded in the in the seventies mm. and eighties. Mm. So so uh, really depends who you're listening to. Like yeah, you know, there's, I, there's, there's I, I, what, still this really like southern country where everyone talks about their dead dog or yeah. how their wife has left them and it's a bit yeah rubbish, I, 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 I tend to uh, think about country like that old thing you stand by a man yeah you know, exactly that, that, that kind of this really like su- country su- and western kind of yeah thing. but the and new sort of country the alternative country or whatever they call yeah, it today with like jason isbell and stuff like that is yeah. fantastic and I, I i i don't have a trouble with any trouble with when when uh, Neil Young is doing some country. Oh, exactly. I even had a couple of, of LPs with Willie Nelson. Mm. Uh, and uh, even Stones mm. are doing country sometimes, you know. Mm. A song called Dead Flowers, for example, from, from Let It Bleed is, is really heavily country-influenced. Keith mm. Richard is having a country thing in his, sometimes in, in his his playing and, and composing and, and uh, Exile on Main Streets, so there are a couple of country-inspired songs. So I, I, I'm not really against it, but I'd, I don't, I'm not really a country country music consumer. No, no, that's so, fair. Yeah, so. But one person you are a big consumer of, and we'll talk in a minute about how you actually got into songwriting and things, because yeah. we've got to go back to that. Yeah. But while we're on the subject of people you love and dislike or whatever... Zappa, you love, right? Yeah, Frank Zappa is... But, you know, he was... When I discovered him, which was early 70s, he was just one of many artists and groups that sort of emerged in the late 60s, early 70s, you know. There were one band called Chicago. Chicago, yeah. yeah. That was the first time I heard stereo. 
Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. You know, when I was, that must have been 69, something, the, their first first uh, debut uh, album, which was a double. And I remember a guy who was a little bit older than me, he said, come on, Hans, come up to me. I'm going to show you something, you know. Okay, what is it? Yeah, it's something about music. Okay, okay. <laughs> so, and he sat me down on the sofa and said, just sit here. Okay. And I, I'm going to play you something. And I said, what? Okay. Are, are there two speakers? What, <laughs> why are there two speakers? Yes. And he put on, you know, the the first song from the Chicago's first album, which is called Introduction. Dun dun ba ba da ba dum bum bum dun dun da ba da ba dum bum. I've never heard it, anything like this, you know. Yeah. And I looked at the, it was a double album, which was rare. And, you know, there were seven guys in the band, th three people playing, one was playing trombone, one was playing trumpet. And then the other guy was playing a flute and it said woodwinds. So I thought woodwinds was a flute. Yeah. I didn't know what woodwinds yeah, were. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, and, and, Oh, I was totally amazed at the wow, and the singing was good. The guitar playing was really good. It was something complete, and the sound of it, you know. Yeah. So I went straight home to my mother and said, yeah, I got to get a stereo. What's a stereo? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, two speakers. Why do what? you need two speakers? Yeah. What sort of witchcraft is this? Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. But eventually I, I got that. So said... So Chicago was a heavily influence for me, and Beatles sort of fizzled out when they 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 broke up. And Frank was I heard they had a very very good radio show in the Swedish radio, which was sort of they played what was on the list, mm. you know, the the the, the selling mm. thing. And even if it was a single or if it was an LP. They played, when it comes to, if it was an LP who was there several weeks, they played one cut mm. each mm. week, you know, so you could hear several songs from the same album mm. Mm. If, if that album was popular week after week. And I used to record that on a tape recorder. Mm. And uh, the first thing I heard by, by Frank was... was um, from an album called Shanga's Revenge, which was released in 1970. And the thing that caught my ear was the, the guitar playing. Mm. So a long solo, you know, no singing, just playing guitar, you know, for five minutes, you know, I thought, wow. And since I was guitar player, I wanted to be, oh, I gotta get this album, you know. Mm. So, but you know, then, he was just one. Then he just, together with, with other artists, he was there all the time uh, because I didn't know about his the things he had done in the 60s. Mm. I discovered that later. But, uh, but yeah, you could say he's, he's, uh, he's my... Yeah, I wouldn't... Yeah, he, he's a good example, you know. He's, he's, he's some kind of inspiration of the, what you can do, what you actually can do on your own, mm. if you have some idea and you can sort of uh, navigate through the the bullshit f between in the business, you know, mm. you can do your own thing, and uh, but but uh, um, so so he he's he's a good example of of uh, 
of a guy who who can, and and uh, he he's done so many. I mean, he did like sixty albums. He died in ninety three mm. at the age of fifty three. So he he released around sixty albums during his lifetime, and now they are over a hundred. You know, things he recorded everything he could, mm. um, both live. He had his own. Um, recording uh, truck that he mm. brought t- not not in the 60s but but you know later on and and so there are a lot and he had a huge vault or a couple of vaults with with where you could go in and pick out things from you know early 50s and and up to to the latest things so um, but uh, but you know i i um, i just like his music and and i like all of it because you have a so there's everything from the silliest, stupidest thing you can hear over to the orchestral thing, you know. He rented the London Symphony Orchestra. Nobody mm. wants to play his music, so he, so he rented them, you know. <laughs> they cost a million, you know, for, for you know, just to be able to hear his music. And the, the other thing, he didn't really want to... to, 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 to Sort of uh, dedicate himself to rock and roll. That that was a means of getting some money. Mm. As soon as he had some time off, he was sitting down and re- writing this classical music. You know, mm. that was w- what he wanted to do. Mm. But he he was a practical guy and said, "Oh, okay. I, if 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 you know, no one wants to play because he didn't have an education. Mm. He he learned he learned going to the library." Mm learn how you orchestrate and uh, things like that so nobody wanted to play his music mm. so he had to pay them mm. and and uh, and um, that was he, what he wanted to do and the other thing is when it comes to Todd Rundgren he he he, he made his livelihood by by producing people you know he produced mm. new york dolls he produced um, a lot of things meatloaf mm. So I think he bad, bad, bad out of hell. Was I think he did a Steely Dan album or something. No, or not Steely Dan. Did they work together no, at some point? No, no, not Steely Dan. I thought he did. No, no, not Steely Dan. Is another one that I, I know I like a lot. But he produced Patti Smith. Mm-hmm. He produced um, a lot of different things. You know, Ecstasy. Mm-hmm. So he 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 had this standard rate of a hundred thousand dollars per production mm. so he did like two or three of those per year mm. so yeah <laughs> that's all you need yeah exactly so and then he just could could do whatever he wanted on his solo mm. albums and so hey, there was no pressure mm. of doing anything commercial mm. because he he didn't need the money mm. so mm. he could do whatever he wanted some of those he he got a some kind of hit with a song called I Saw the Light, I guess, which is maybe, oh, hello, it's me. That's one of his uh, songs. But he, there was no pressure, you know. Mm, mm. So, um, so, so that's another thing because, you know, since I've never been able to support myself doing music, I've always been a teacher. Mm. But that is not so because then I could, you know, I, I tend to value that uh, freedom. That you have, you, 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 I can do whatever I need. I can spend a week on on some totally uh, stupid, <laughs> absurd <laughs> idea, you know, just for the fun of it or or whatever. I and, and I would never like 
I could never have a, a job as a musician. I probably as a guitarist, but but I could never like playing a dance band or anything like that just for playing music. Mm. Uh, I want to play my own stuff, you know, not not because that's better than anything else, but that's what I want to do, you know. And and of course I could play with 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 other people who have the same, you know, same um, uh, attitude or mm -hmm. same uh, taste or something like that but uh, I, I can't really see me me playing in in uh, in a situation where where I don't really like the music when did you start becoming a teacher actually what is your uh, teaching journey because you still do that now yeah sure I'm working uh, 50 percent now mm. so I'm working f uh, Tuesdays Wednesdays and Thursday and it's lovely. It's a lovely situation. <laughs> I have a great schedule. I'm working 50%. I'm working with the older students, you know, and it's great. How it's, old are we talking? How old are You know, they, they are like uh, 13, 14, 15. Okay, but they at least understand then by then you'll at least see some sort of talent that you can yeah. play with. And yeah, stuff. exactly. if you teach little kids, it's kind of just, they're interested, but they yeah. just hit stuff. Yeah, exactly. I, I've been doing that, you know, but I, I, I came to the conclusion that I want to focus on the, on the older ones. And, and it's great. You know, this, this has been the first term I started in, in, in August mm. doing it. And it feels like I'm still on vacation, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and, and so it's, it's really great. Actually, I started because after uh, uh, the compulsory school, I went to a gymnasium. We call it gymnasium. Yeah. Here. Yeah. So I went to a musical gymnasium here in Malmö. So mm. that's when I moved on my own here mm. to Malmö. Mm. And, and that was a great thing. You know, I met people, you know, who, who was in, everyone was into music, you know. Really? Yeah, yeah. Wow, uh, it was, was, was half-day ordinary subjects and half-day music. And it was, oh, it was so, so fantastic. Because I don't find Malmö as a particularly musical city now no, anymore. Well, well, no. I, I'm not sure, but at that time, you know, I came from Hesselholm, you know, yeah, well, and, 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 and anywhere seems musical yes. when you come from there. And at that time, I think this they only had this musical gymnasium in Gothenburg and Stockholm and Malmö, you know. Yeah. So anyway, it was a great thing for me, you know, and 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 uh, just meeting people who were into the to to music and 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 so yeah, I have still have friends from that from those years, and uh, then I went. I went there for two years. Then I, I studied in Copenhagen mm. uh, on classical guitar at the conservatory there for two years. Then I, and then I, yeah, I had one year of um, what's it called, musicology, mm. and then I started teaching actually music uh, for a couple of years. But uh, I switched because you know I. I didn't like you, you. You had one class coming in, and next class you you couldn't really. I was subbing for for different people, you know. So I thought I'd, maybe I should get like a regular teacher, mm. like like having a class and having mm. all the subjects, and that was for the younger ones. Uh, 
but uh, uh, and I I didn't I didn't I couldn't come in on on that education. So I also uh, applied for being a kindergarten teacher mm. because I thought if I don't like the kindergarten thing, I can switch over. Mm. But I liked it so much because you know coming in as a guy, you know, this and playing guitar. The kids, wow, wow! Yeah, yeah, yeah. We became God for them, you know. Yeah, yeah. And you know, so so I and I noticed that I could I could really do a lot of music, more music as a kindergarten teacher than a, than a, as an ordinary teacher. Mm. So I, I stayed there. So I was a kindergarten teacher for a couple of four or five years. Then I became sort of the boss of of a couple of of uh, preschools. And uh, then I got the opportunity in '99, I think, to become a music teacher at a regular school. So I did that. So basically, I've been a teacher from '99, music teacher, and a couple of years before that. So yeah, that's has been my income. When did you start writing music? Oh, I did that really early on. I was going to say because early we talked. Yeah, I imagined like teenage years. So you're pretty good at guitar by now. You know your yeah. way around a little bit. Yeah, your musical I, knowledge is pretty good. Yeah, I started, but then you started as a teacher in the '90s, so then there's this gap where yeah, you've you been know, writing I, a shit ton of yeah. music. <laughs> <laughs> I re- I remember. I, I, as far as I know, I didn't. I didn't write anything when I played the mandolin. I didn't write anything when I played the drums. But as soon as I got the guitar, I started figuring out, you know, playing riffs. Mm. You know, that that was the era of Black Sabbath, the second album. Deep Purple had Mm. something, Deep Purple in rock, Mm. Led Zeppelin, you know, riff-based music. That was, wow, you know, guitar-based. So... I fi- figured out before I could actually, yeah, before before I I learned notes, I had my own little thing, you know, with long and short lines, you know, just to remember. I didn't, re- I didn't, re- as far as I uh, remember, I didn't record any riffs on my tape recorder. I could have done that, but I don't remember anything that. But but I, I made some some notes like li- a long line was like a long note, oh, wow. and a small line was like a short note, and then I you know which string I was supposed to, and then oh, I just wow. played it over and over. So I didn't. So you kind of did like tabs. For yeah, yourself. exactly. Yeah. It's like my own tabs. Oh, yeah. And then then I remember one one guy said, you know, you got to learn notes. So and, and and he said, you know, so you you become so good that you can hear a bird whistle b- singing, and you could sort of write that down on notes. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? So then then uh, I, I started taking. Of course, when I started taking uh, lessons on guitar, it was note based. Yeah. yeah. So I learned learn notes fairly on mm-hmm. early, and then. Uh, when I started this musical gymnasium, we uh, we, we started a band, mm. and I wrote most of the music. Uh, or, or it was, you know, when you're in the band, it's not it, you don't have to have the whole thing. You have to, you say, okay, I have this this idea, and then we're all together. Yeah, if yeah. we expand that with this one and yeah. put this together, it was like a, yeah. a, a, a joint thing, you know. But I actually wrote one thing in the musical gymnasium, which was for a choir. And uh, it was like some kind of speech. 
speech thing, you know, and, and they, we performed that actually. I, I still have the program. It says, you know, the title of the thing. And I, I remember standing there conducting it, you yeah, know, yeah. it was in four, four, the, 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 the ensemble was split into three groups. Yeah. One group was singing some notes. One was just doing his speech thing, you know, and I wrote out the, the words and the rhythms and yeah. things like that. So we, had, there is no recording of it. Oh. And that, that was, that was performed, uh, like at the end of the, when we had this this big concert at the end of when we were finishing, hmm. when everyone was supposed to do things, you know, and actually it was, and and I I, I remember I was really surprised they liked it, but the, my teacher said, yeah, yeah, that's that's really good, you know, we we so maybe they were just kind or anything, and, hmm. but it was a little bit different thing, you know. So so and from then on, I have always started done. Uh, uh, things you know and if when you're in the band the band the, everything you write is supposed to go into the band mm. because you, you write stuff and you and there were other people in the band who wrote things as well but I've always been writing and then I don't remember but you know you you got you got get some kind of recorder to, so you can record your own stuff mm. I was never singing at that time because no. you know my 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 um, the idea was that I was going to be the guitar player mm. so uh, that was my focus you know playing guitar not singing at the same time playing guitar coming up riffs chords and things you know expanding other people's ideas and Things like that. So I was very into to being a guitarist, mm, mm. but that switched during the years now. So because if you're not in the band, you, then you sort of have to sing your own stuff. Yeah, yeah. And and uh, if you're doing uh, music with, with with lyrics, and and it was never a thing for me to just go instrumental, mm. even if I do quite a lot of instrumental things as well. But that has never been my main. No. Thing. So the vegetarians, vegetarians is not like it's not a band. It's more of a project. Yeah, it's like a yeah collaborative sort of music project. Exactly, really. exactly, yeah. exactly. And the the bottom line is that most of the time, if if we're not doing covers, uh, it's my music, and the singer is doing the lyrics because I don't write in English. No, because that English is not my first language, so. But it's fun to do. Like now, a lot of the songs John sings, I will have written the lyrics to them, and John sings them. Yeah. Purely because my voice just isn't high enough for a lot of it, and not good enough to be honest. No. But it's um, it's quite fun to do, and it's a surprisingly easy way to work. Actually. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. since since this opportunity has arisen, that everyone can record on a on a computer. You know, yeah. and the basic thing you need a good microphone. You know, and and, yeah. and some place to to be well know? me writing lyrics all i need is an email <laughs> like yeah. it's really really easy yeah so 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 that's um that's the, the thing and um and uh, if the opportunity arises to to do something 
live with with vegetarians i would love to do that but it got it got to be more than just one off gig you know yeah because I, yeah. it got to be a, some kind of tour like a four or five uh Dates. gigs yeah. or the, a week or something like yeah. that i mean i could probably get john to come over from from long island here and and we rehearse for a couple of days and then you do something but you know it's since since there's no really demand on 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 anything like we basically you, you need some kind of hit mm. or some mm. kind of recognition or someone who's saying you know uh, okay form a band and get down yeah, here yeah. and play you know and a lot of the vegetarian stuff you've done is it's quite complicated, not complicated to play necessarily, because a lot of it is still very riff based. Yeah, but, but there's quite a lot of different instruments and sounds yeah. there, and yeah, and you, you know, it's you all... can't really replicate it acoustically. No, 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 no. It's got to be a band. A few you could, a few of the songs you definitely could, yeah. but no, not it, many. No, it it, it got to be a band with drums and uh, and and synths. And yeah, yeah, at least one keyboard player yeah. and and a couple of singers because I want some harmony of things as well. And now even some horns on the new yeah. one. We heard earlier, so. <laughs> but I, I could live without that, you know, for, for live. But 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 uh, but uh, no, it's it's it, it got to be a band, and and there got to be a reason for it, and 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 uh, I can't really finance that myself. No. There got to be some kind of of of, of um, money involved in it, mm. you know, as, as some kind of someone who thinks okay. Uh, this is, sounds interesting, you know, and, and, mm. and mm. It, but, uh, and then the other thing is, you know, since that's the only, the other thing with, with, with my music, it's all over the place, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's totally uncommercial in that sense, you know. Yeah. It's, I don't know how to define your musical style, really. No, the, the it's uh, kind of pop rock generally, I would yeah, say. I would say that the, the easiest way would probably say that it's rock music, in its widest form yeah. possible, you know. Because there's that, some ballads in there, there's yeah. some straight rock stuff. Yeah, yeah. I would say rock music in its widest sense mm. possible. And that includes basically any style mm. and any genre, mm. even down to any melody, any sound, any chord, mm. basically anything. Mm. And the only thing that sort of it's if if the the only reason is that I have to like it, you know. Mm, mm. So anything is open, and yeah. that that's the kind of openness that I uh, like yeah. to have. Yeah. But from a commercial point, it's 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 death, you know, because then 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 people say, you know, they hear one song and then they hear another. Is this the same yeah. guy yeah. or the same band? So so it's. Uh, it's it's really 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 i know it's exactly what you mean though yeah and it kind of gets in the way of your own success a little bit but absolutely but at I, the I, same time it's kind of like i'm not going to record like i always play this one song which is the one we recorded together that we properly mixed and were pleased with and mm -hmm. we went to the studio to do it walls yeah i like that song yeah lots of people like that song mm -hmm. but it is by far the most radio pop friendly song i've done yeah and everyone i play it to is like oh it's a good song yeah but I'm like, yeah, but I don't want to write ten songs that sound like that. Exactly. Like, I don't. So like that's that. what you have to do, you know. If 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 someone is going to put money into your thing, they want you to do do this, you know. Yeah. Stay on this path, you know. Yeah. 
and you know this is where we want you and, and the same thing when 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 all music critics and and journalists they want you to be you know don't change mm. stay where you are mm. they don't want anybody to change yeah and 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 you know the change thing is is natural to me you know when i was growing up bands were changing all the time yeah, you know yeah. You, you, you Beatles, take Beatles for example. Yeah. Going from "Love Me Do," yeah. the first single in to late '62, "Yellow Submarine," years "Yellow later, Submarine," to, to "I'm a Walrus," yeah. in five years, you <laughs> to know, to one of the best songs, like "A Day in the Life," which yeah. is a weird song in itself, but yeah. I love it. Yeah, you know, they were doing that in five years. Yeah, from '62 to '67, yeah. you know, talk about change. Yeah. Which yeah. you can't see, but we'll try the best to describe it. Yeah. So your basement studio is how big? How many square meters? This room. Uh, there are three rooms here. We are in the the largest one, and, and it's still not huge, though. It's no. Pretty small. Pretty small, absolutely. But but uh, I I think it's something like thirty square meters. Yeah. yeah. And we have a little pantry and a and a and a toilet. That's mm. that's about it. But this room. Is like almost like a musical museum. <laughs> you have things from like all ages in here. Yeah. You have this mixing desk, which is well, I say Yamaha. It's not that old actually, but it's, it's a digital. It's, but it's it's yeah. Leo's going to say at least it's digital. That's yeah. a bonus. Here's an old computer, an Atari. Yeah, a C Lab Falcon Mark yeah, II from the 90s, I think. Okay. One of the earliest ones that that no, there were other. There was. Uh, you know when they made started uh, making these sequencer programs, mm -hmm. there was one pr called Pro 16. Steinberg okay. is uh, you know, the, the brand. Yeah. They did one called Pro 16. Steinberg today do like Cubase, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. This was uh, before Cubase, but the same company. And the, I think Pro 16 was made for Amiga or Commodore. Mm. Oh my God! Wow. Yeah. Right. And then they made something called Pro 24. Okay. Which I think required an Atari. The the thing with the Atari, why it became popular because it had a MIDI interface oh, okay. built in yeah. the computer. The old stuff I have on floppy, floppy disks. <laughs> I still have a bunch of them. So if I'm going, I'm keeping that because. Maybe I need to go back to one of the first song, uh, yeah. first things. You know, I can get them. Mm. And you see, I have ADAT tapes. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I have, ADAT. I have two of them. Unless it's ADAT, so I can actually sync that ADAT with the computer, <laughs> because on the ADAT there are all the vocals That's and guitars. Amazing. Yeah, so I can actually bring a, a really old song. Uh, to the modern day. Yeah, exactly. And before I was using uh, Ada, I was using an 8-track machine. But I still, I don't have an 8-track. I, I get rid of those. We have, uh, have a couple oh, of old scene. Yeah, a couple of amps. You know, there's a black stamp, small one up there. Yeah, and that is not really a Marshall. It's 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 it's. I put a it's a Behringer, but I put you a Marshall Marshall sticker on it. <laughs> yeah. I call it a Semperfizer. I did think I was yeah, like Marshall an Marshall Semperfizer. I was like, I've never heard of a GX210 Marshall no. Ultra Twin. No, I've never heard of that. <laughs> <laughs> a couple of guitars. A couple. Yeah, there's four or five. 
six four, here, yeah, if you include the bass. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so I got what I need here. So I'm just catching up, and then there's always something new coming along, you know. So your, your next plans are still to sort of keep releasing them, these songs yeah, that you're doing? Yeah, I'm do the way I'm doing it now is is I'm releasing them basically one by one, mm. and then at the end of the year I put them together in an album. In an album. Yeah, yeah. so that's, that's, because, you know, people don't... Album is is it's hard to do that now unless you're really touring and can mm. sell uh, CDs when you perform. Yeah, that that is is a really great thing. You Which know, it's a shame because I love doing an album. Yeah, yeah sure. You know, it and... it, we 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 have been growing up with yeah. albums. You know, yeah. and we we just we just know them. But but since people it's don't have the time to listen, they listen for 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 individual songs and 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 um, basically so and. Since it doesn't cost anything, it's to to release. You just do the song, and then you got to have some kind of yeah, you know, mm. some kind of picture, mm. and and then you can just put it up on on on, on Spotify or or wherever. And and uh, and uh, I, I'm using this thing called the Orchard, and I also use CD Baby. Mm. for putting a CD baby there's a little fee that you pay but the orchard don't have that so it doesn't cost anything mm. you can get it up in, in a month time you know so I keep doing that all the time and, and then I sort of put to kind of put them together maybe add one or two tracks yeah, that yeah. which is not really a single you, you got, I think it got to be songs that you think oh this one this this one is sort of catchy in some way mm. you know mm. and you've released so much that actually, if you type in the vegetarians, I tend to normally find something. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I, I mean, uh, uh, there are at least six or seven albums of vegetarians. In my own name, there are even more, like mm. 10, 12 Yeah, you even albums. have a Wikipedia page. Yes, I have. You are. Yes, yeah, I have. But that don't don't let that fool you. No. <laughs> I'm not generally known in any capacity in Sweden. You know, the only thing I can say if if you are a Scandinavian and you really like Frank Zappa's music and you sort of know a little bit more than usually people know, and if you're interested in people covering Frank's music and sort of know a little bit, then you probably have heard my name mm. from the covers. I, before Frank died, I, I got the I got permission to release one of his songs in Swedish, mm. which is rare. It's it, it has been done before, but at this song he actually uh, gave permission mm. himself or mm. and with his wife Gail. So and that, but that's you, you need you need to be pretty far ahead in Frank's music yeah, just to sort of appreciate that or think that yeah. oh really yeah yeah I gotta listen to that but but but, but if you know that then uh, if you know that much and uh, that much interested then you know me yeah definitely 
Absolutely. Hans, it's yep. a pleasure as always. Yeah. Thank you. We very always much. talk for hours and hours. Yeah, Every could. session we had here would always go on for hours because yes. we talk for ages about music. <laughs> yeah. <and stuff>. But <laughs> I kind of miss that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Same, actually. <laughs> but thank you very much. Thank you for having me. And that's it for this week's episode of BPM Pod. Thank you so much for joining. It's been really good to have you here. If you want to get in touch, you can do so on the BPM Pod Facebook or Instagram or bpmpod.com. Just look for BPM Pod wherever you are and you'll see it come up. Until next time, thank you very much. Stay safe and stay lucky, everybody, and speak to you soon. I just can't scream and shout so you're